Yeah, so going back um, to my childhood, I always remember fishing with my friends and riding bikes to go to this fishing creek that we were in, just, just playing in the creek. And every time I step in a river, I, I feel like I can breathe and just almost let my guard down to a point where I do go back to that thrill of being a kid, just simply trying to catch a fish. You know, when I step into a river, the river is never the same. The water level is always different. The current's traveling faster or slower. The fish are, maybe they're biting, maybe they're not. But I always feel like I'm not the same man. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an employee, I have a job that I go to every day. And generally speaking, I'm overwhelmed by the chaos of the weeks that go by. The word that comes up is busyness, and I think people use that as a badge of honor but it really, it really is overwhelming at times to just deal with the day-to-day, -day and it's hard for me to slow down and say, yeah, Jesus, what can I work on with you today? What, what does that look like for me? It's real easy to retreat and to want to run and hide. That's sometimes the way I feel like I'm wired, but isolation really isn't a winning option for me, I think. I've learned that lesson over and over that when I tend to isolate and do, do life on my own, even without God, it just doesn't work. You know, I don't have other men speaking into my life, and I often hear, I often hear God's voice through other men and the, what they tell me and, you know, how they, how they speak to me and, you know, they, they observe my behavior or they hear about some decisions I'm making, so isolation doesn't really work for me. So I get together with these men twice a month, and, and, and it's the caliber of what's brought to the table in terms of the life issues and struggles that we're all going through, you know, through either what we're doing with our families and those issues that are coming up or their, or their you know, their challenges at work um, or their, you know, struggles with our faith. And so, you know, we meet and discuss those issues and, and pray together and pray for each other and pray for our families. And, you know, it's really just to grow um, in our faith, grow in our walk encourage each other to become the men that God's designed us and called us to be. Finding the right group of men was absolutely key for me. I wasn't one of those men that's just going to group shop or jump in any group and hope for the best, but once I got into the group and once I started to trust these guys and also show vulnerability as well um, and prove that I could be trusted, um, this group really grew in a way that, that I didn't expect. So every time I've left this group of men and I feel like I've brought something profound and tried to lead them with it, I've walked away with so much more because they've actually led me. Good job. It's for Jamie. Yeah, it's awesome. As I was listening to that, that video as they were uh, kind of editing and stuff, uh, Jamie said uh, the same thing three times in the video. Uh, I don't do well in isolation. And so I was going to say, I think I'll speak for all men, but I think I'm going to speak for all humans. We don't do well in isolation. I mean, if we look back in our, kind of our biggest regret moments of our life or when things were going south, our first response was either to hide it or get off by ourselves, kind of, kind of say, I don't need any help. I, I can work it out all by myself. And it, most of the time it didn't, didn't work well. And so I, I think what, what, what Jamie said about his group, um, I, I'm like him. I, 
I, I'm not a groups guy. I'd rather do this than get in a circle and actually say this is what's going on. So if, if you're already made up of your mind, this whole series is going to be about rows and circles. If you've already said, I'm not a, I'm not a, a group person, I'm going to, me too. I, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, just suspend that for a little while and just open up and see if God wants to teach you something different. That's all I'm, all I'm asking you to do. Uh, we're, we're kicking off this new series today, uh, rows and circles. Before I, I, I get into this, though, I just want us to kind of push pause and just kind of, kind of, to kind of take it in. At all, at all of our campuses, and then I guess we're I'm streaming uh, to China right now, so Niwa, that's all I got. And uh, um, uh, that's Japanese, actually. But anyway, um, <laughs> don't judge me. Uh, uh, this is one of those uh, moments in the life of our church. We, we, James, our teacher last week, he said, he said uh, every once in a while you have an aha moment where like the lights come on and everything clicks. Uh, or we can talk about this, is that you're, you're, you're walking your trail called life and you come to a fork in the road. If you go left, your life will look like this. If you go right, your life will look like that. I don't know which one's right or wrong, but it's gonna be very, very different. And I think that's gonna be true for some of us today and over the next couple of weeks, and also for us as, as a church, because we're gonna ask ourselves some really important questions, individually and again as a church. Questions we probably should have asked ourselves a long, long, long time ago, but we're going to get to them this week anyway. Questions like this, like what kind of person do I want to be? Now that's an important question that a lot of us are going, I haven't even thought about that in a long, long time. But the follow-up question, what kind of person I want to be is this, and then what kind of life do I want to live? Those are big deals. Those are, those are really, really important questions, you know, no matter who you are. And, and it's really important that you hear what I'm not asking. I'm not asking what do you want to do? I'm not asking like anything about, you know, your job or your school or your occupation. I'm not saying, you know, what, what, what kind of person you want to be if your circumstances were different or if your husband would get his head together or if your wife would come back. I'm not asking about any of that. I'm not talking about any, any of that. I, I, James said it this way. We have to strip away all that stuff that's kind of we're underneath of. So I'm not talking about your job. I'm talking about in spite of your job or your income or your gender or your marital status. How about this? If you could just kind of suspend all the sins and mistakes in your life that have defined you you. Underneath all of that, if you could push some magic pause button and look in the mirror and answer those questions, even if your first response is, what's the point? It's never going to be true. So why even bother to ask? But let's just go with me. But what if it was possible? How would you answer those two questions? I'm not asking what kind of person you are right now. You know that or what your life looks like right now. But but if it were possible, how would you answer these questions? What kind of person do I really want to be? What kind of life do I really, really want to live? And however you answer those questions, even if your answer is, I, I, it's not even possible, that is the vision for your life, right? Your answer to that or your inability to answer, that is the vision for your life. We all have some vision for our life. We do, like it or not, and we're living out of that vision. Uh, out of the vision for our life, we do that, and then we don't do that, and we turn right, and we turn left, and we make our choices and decisions, and they all come out of that. What kind of person do you want to be? Now, now here's, we usually, speaking for myself anyway, we, we, we get that backwards. We don't talk like what kind of person I want to be. We, what we talk about is what do I need to do different? How, how can I act different? We don't even get to the, to the real important thing. I just need to know that I get in trouble every time I do that. So how do I stop doing that? Or how do I do that, 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 that more, right? But, but here's what happens, at least with me. I decide I want to stop doing something or start doing something, cut back on whatever that is. And I try really, 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 really hard to start it or stop it. And I'm pretty good at it for a while. Some stuff, it goes on for several minutes, and some, some, some stuff, you know, I, I can pull it together. And if I try real hard, it can go on for months or even years. But here's what happens. Eventually, and inevitably, but eventually, in an unguarded moment, somebody just pulls my trigger, and the real me comes out. 
You know what I'm talking about? Usually it's in traffic and they're driving a Subaru. That's all I'm saying. There's, there's no judgment. I just found out my friend bought a Subaru and I'm it's so sad. And, uh, and I'm going to fire him. So uh, anyway, uh, but here's the thing. The real, don't write me. It's a joke. All right. So anyway. But, but whenever I, I, I screw up and the real me comes out, that's why I want to throw in the towel and look in the mirror or somebody will say this to me. See, you won't change. You're, 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 you're never different. And you know what? I'm not. So I'm, okay, so I'm trying to write new parables. You know, Jesus was really good at it. I'm trying to get good at it. Good. I came with a parable I think ought to be in the Bible. It's not, but it should be. And here's what I mean by that. So <laughs> that's blasphemy. I pray. All right. Anyway, um, and so, so visitors, I'm gross. Pray through it. You'll be fine, okay? So, um, so a couple weeks ago, I talked about getting back from vacation, and I talked about my new weight loss program called the Mexico Giardia Diet. It's very effective. It's very effective. I'm eight, down 18 pounds, okay? And so um, for the last, like, five or six weeks, um, I, my, my life has been a constant stomach ache and, and, and constant diarrhea, all right? And so you're fine, okay? Anyway, but my, my plan of treatment so far is I, I, I eat antacids all day long, and I take Imodium AD all, all the time. The problem is I'm, I'm treating symptoms, and my wife is so done. She's like, just go to the doctor. I'm like, oh, it's a mile away, and it takes minutes to drive. I don't want to go. I don't, I've made up this story in my head that he's going to take a swab and put it somewhere that is swab-free up to this point. I just don't want that. Can, can you feel my pain there? I just don't. No one, no one needs to go there. That's all I'm saying that. So I don't, here's a, I don't want to know what's going on inside, so I just keep on treating the symptoms. How's that for a parable for life? Life is like diarrhea. Can I get an amen? You know, yeah, that's true, okay? And here's, uh, I'm back. Ah, all right, so anyway, um, so here's the thing. This is, this is, this is life. We try to address the symptoms because we just want to feel better, but nothing really changes or gets better. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That, that's, that's my life. That's the story of my life. I just want to control the symptoms, or, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to act like somebody I'm not or, or be something that's not really true, and it never works long term eventually because eventually in an, you think you're doing fine, and then in an unguarded moment, it's happened three times since Mexico. I think the Greek word is sharted. I think that's what it is. I'm not sure, but I did it. And uh, these aren't the same jeans I had on last night. That's all I'll say. Um, but again, that's not in the Bible, but it ought to be. Hang with me, but go, go back to those questions again. That, doesn't that not describe our lives, kind of? I was doing fine, and then I just crapped all over everything. But anyway, but what kind of person do I want to be? And what kind of life do I, I want to live? And again, if it was possible, if it was possible for you to change something on the inside, fix something on the inside, that you became a different kind of person, is it possible that maybe you could actually, even though you've given up on it, become the person that can live the kind of life that you want to be, the life you want to live? And so, so here's what's happening right now. Again, again, all of our campuses, you all are, you're starting to kind of dream and maybe have a little bit of a vision. I want to be this kind of man. I want to be this kind of woman because if I was this kind of man or this kind of woman, then, then I, maybe I would be this kind of husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, or father or mother or leader or boss or employee or friend. I could finally be a friend that doesn't break everybody's hearts. Maybe if I, something would change on the inside and if that became true, maybe I could live a life that's better than the one I currently have. And so, so that's, that's your vision. Your vision comes back to however you do this. What kind of person do I want to be and what kind of life do I want to live? Now here, here's the thing. We're all thinking of great stuff, very noble things. I want to be good. I want to live a, this kind of life. And it's all good. I just want to kind of pop your bubble real quick. So what? 
That's a beautiful dream. It, it would make a lovely song, you know, it's, 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 it's all great. But it doesn't change anything until or unless you, you move on to, I gotta make a decision. I gotta make a choice. I, I, I need to do something about it. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've dreamt about it. I've shared, you know, with my friends about it. Like I just haven't done anything about it. And so in order for see that your vision actually become a reality in your life and not just some, you know, pipe dream or something like that, the word we're looking at today is intention. Everybody has dreams. What's your intention? Like, what do you mean by that? Do you intend to do something about it? And again, all of us, I see, I see at least at this campus going, mm-hmm, someday I'm going to do it. Right? I mean, I'll, true confession. I, I claim that I would like to learn how to speak Spanish. I would really like to do that. When are you going to do that, Jim? Someday. Right? So, and we go, go on to other things. Some, here's some of us. I want to lose weight. I want to gain weight. I want to get healthy. I want to I start exercising. When are you going to do that? Soon. Right after this other thing. All right? Or let's get more serious. Someday, you know, I'm, I'm going to get sober. Or I'm gonna stop, stop smoking. I'm gonna spend more time with my, my wife, my husband, my kids, whatever. When? Here's the answer. As soon, as soon as I get another DUI. Right? As soon as the, the scan comes back and it's got cancer on it. Now maybe I ought to look at that, that habit that's you know, owned me for 30 years. Or how about when somebody files papers, then you make a decision, maybe I ought to pay attention to this part of my life. I mean, how many, how many I'm not throwing stones. How, how many times can we look back at all those, oh, I wish I had that moment over and I, and I would do it very different. How many can we look back and go, you know, I meant to get to it. And you know what? And we did. I'm not throwing stones at anybody. We're not, you're, not, you're not a bad person. You really meant to get to that part of your life. You, I'm going to put a, a sentence up here. You don't even need it. You can finish this sentence. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right? It is. All right? What do you mean? Intentions that never went anywhere. And we meant to. We meant to get to that marriage. And we meant to get to our son. And we meant to pay attention to that thing that's taking all of our money and our health. We're, we're going to get to it someday. We just, it just didn't go anywhere. And that's our life. And I want to look at it for the next two or three, three weeks together, right? So, so see, vision and, and even good intentions, they don't mean anything unless they lead to, to something changing. If we want to see something change in our life, not on the outside, I'm going to try to not act like a different person. I'm going to try to say different things or whatever that is. No, something has to change on the inside to become someone or something different on the inside, a different kind of person. And here's what I want to look at today, all right? Is that possible? And what would it take to be different so that we could actually live different. I want that, so, so something's gotta change, right? I, I have to do something different. So I, here's what I wanna do in our remaining time. I, I want us to look at the story of a man, and some of you, if you've gone to church a while, you've probably heard of him, and, and maybe he's a brand new person you've never heard of before. He's a Bible guy, he lived about 2,000 years ago, and here's what I would say about this guy, is that he, he pretty much thought, I know what my life looks like for the next 20, 30 years, however, until I, I die. And, and I would actually say it like this. I think he would surrendered himself to this is my life. It's not really what I had in mind when I was a kid, but this is my life, and, and this is how it's gonna, gonna, gonna play out. And, but we're gonna, we're gonna look at a day when everything changes, because it's the day that he bumped in, into Jesus. And, and here's what we know, anytime you bump into Jesus, Jesus always kind of forces you to, the, the Bible word is repent, which simply means this, rethink how you see everything. Right, because Jesus doesn't, he doesn't really leave us neutral. Okay, I'm gonna throw something out to you. You might wanna rethink how you think about everything. And so the guy we're gonna look at today, here's what he was forced to do. And, and I think everybody listening to my voice right now anyway, I, I think the challenge is gonna be for us to do the same, to rethink the kind of person that he was and the kind of life that he was going to live. And this is really, really important 
from that point on. Because folks, that's all we have. All we have is from this point on. What's the point of rethinking your past? Unless you want to learn from it, but there's no need to really rehash it, okay? So all we have is from this point on, and the choice and the decision is, what am I going to do now? What kind of person do I want to be from this point on? What kind of life do I want to kind of run after from, from this point on? Can, can anybody relate to that? That's just, just, just true. So, so we're going to look at this guy in the Bible. Um, he lived in Israel 2,000 years ago. He's called several different things. Sometimes he's called Simon. Sometimes he's called Peter. And sometimes, just to screw us up, they call him Simon Peter. He's the same guy, all right? So, so let me kind of give you some background about what was going on in his world 2,000 years ago. And what we're actually going to see is it's not that different than the world we live in today. So, so, so Peter grew up uh, in, in a Jewish culture, which means his parents sent him to this thing called Hebrew school. Now, back then, all education was attached to a religious institution or, or faith system of some kind. So you would go to Hebrew school, not just to learn about the Jewish faith, but also math and science and arithmetic and everything else. And so what, what, what all Jewish boys did is, is they would go to Hebrew school for a while, and then at a certain point, I guess they, they took an exam or something like that, like our ACT, and if they scored high on it, there were these, these, these the, the rabbinical schools run by these famous rabbis, and if, you, and if you scored high enough on your test, you got drafted. That was the hope. You get drafted into a big school by a really famous rabbi, and he would recruit you to come and be his, ready, disciple, be my student, be my apprentice, learn, learn from me. I'm going to teach you everything I know so that one day not only can you do what I do, you can actually be the kind of person I am. And that was the goal. So you wanted to do well on your rabbi Hebrew ACT, okay? So, so that's what you try to do. And so you go to these schools, and then after that, you, could, you had your pick. You could go into theology, you could go into law, you could go into government. But if you, if you didn't do well and you didn't get drafted, your option were, was go home and work in the family business, which for Simon was he worked on a fishing boat. Fill in the, 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 the gap there is he didn't get drafted. He, he got rejected. Go home. Just do what your dad did, and he, he's doing what his dad did. Have, get married and, and ha, have some kids. And so this is what Peter's plan was. I'm going to go home, I'm going to be a fisherman, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have some kids, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put them in Hebrew school, and I'm going to make them study really, really hard so they get a better score than I did on the ACT, so they can get a better job, and they have a better future than I have. Parents, that's our life, right? I just want my kids to have something better than me, and that's, that's, what, he's, that's what he's looking for. I, I, want, I want my kids' future to be better than mine. Again, Fill in the blanks. Peter's hopes and vision for being something great, something better, it didn't happen. All right, so here's my life. I'm going to fish like my dad fished. And there's nothing wrong with fishing, all right? But, but I, I thought my life would get out of this little town and actually go into something better than, you know, hand to mouth every, every day. That, that, that's my life. And so what, what, what we find is, is that, that when, when Jesus kind of meets meets Peter, he's, 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 he's actually, he's, he's washing out his nets, right? He's been out fishing all, all night long, and, and he's washing out his nets. He's going to hang them up to dry and, and just go home and, and call, it, call, call it a day. And then Jesus comes up. Now, so Peter's, Peter's by the sea. There's a big lake in the middle of Israel. It's called the Sea of Galilee, still there, and people still fishing it all the time, okay? He'd been out fishing all night, hadn't caught anything. He's washing out his nets. Jesus walks up. He's got a big crowd beside him. Peter's boat's right there on the side, and so so Jesus actually steps into that boat, pushes out a few feet so that he has some distance, kind of like me right now. And, and, and you guys are all on like the, the bank of the, of the lake. And he says, I, I'd like to teach you. Can everybody hear my voice? All right. And so for the next, I don't know, minutes, hours, whatever that is, Peter begins, or Jesus begins to teach all these people about God. I don't know how long it went, but Jesus is in a boat, crowd on the beach, 
Peter's washing out, out nets, okay? He, he wraps up the teaching, and this is where we pick up, uh, up the story. Look at this. It says that when, when Jesus had finished speaking to all those people up on the side of the lake, he said to Simon, and I'm going to put my own kind of inflection on this, all right? This is what Jesus says to, to Simon. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, um, Master, we, we, taught, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. Now, don't put a halo on this guy. He's, he's not a Bible person. He's a person. He's just, he's just a, a man who, who had a really bad night fishing. And for the record, so Peter is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospels or, or the, the biography of Jesus. And he's a fisherman. But in every, in every one of those gospels, you know what Peter has in common? He never catches any fish. He's the world's worst fisherman. Unless Jesus gets in the boat with him, he's going home empty, all right? So again, but put yourself in, in Peter's mindset. And some of us, this is where we live right now. I fished all night. I didn't catch any fish. If I don't have any fish, I don't have any money. If I don't have any money, my family doesn't eat. We can't pay the mortgage. And then taxes are coming up, and I'm behind on them already. But in the Roman culture, if I don't pay my taxes, I go to prison, and I won't be able to pay off anything. And I'm stuck. Ever felt that pressure? Does this describe anybody else's life? I, I go to work. I, I'm not catching any fish. So some of us, you know, the people in our row don't even know this. We have no idea how we're going to make the mortgage payment or the car payment. We're right on the edge. And so, so we, have, we have all this pressure that we have on ourselves, and nobody really knows about it. But, but if you're like Peter, here's what, here's what you're thinking. All I want to do is wash out these dumb nets, all right, hang them up to dry, go home, grab a shower, crush a six-pack, and watch football. Just leave me alone. I made up the football part. Go with it. Anyway, but, but, but then, you know, so my day is kind of planned out. And then this, excuse me, religious nutcase who doesn't know anything about fishing comes up and goes, hey, why don't you... It's 100 degrees outside, and nobody in the right mind would go fishing in this lake in the middle of the Middle East right now. But, hey, let's go out, you know, and, and, and let's, let's try one more time. And the only reason that I can come up with, and I'm making this up, but I'm right. Here's, here's what I mean is the only reason Peter would do this, one of two reasons. Either there's a big crowd up there on the, on the beach watching, and he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of this, this famous teacher. Or he's so desperate, I will try anything. On any other day, I would say, get out of my boat, you don't know what you're talking about, but he's so desperate. In other words, let me rephrase it. Today is his aha moment. Today is his fork in the road. Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? So he says, okay, because you say so, Jesus, here we go, all right? And when they had done this, so they put out their nets, right? They enclosed, they caught a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners, James and John, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now, time out. Don't read ahead if you have your Bible, all right? What would you do? Right? You're broke. You've been trying your best. You've done everything you know to do. And all of a sudden, your boat and your friend's boat is so loaded up with fish, you're like, it's like sinking. Because my response, I hope, would have been, yay, Jesus. Well done. You know, something like that. I, I mean, I would have been, that's, how'd you do that? I that's what my response would have been. That's not Simon Peter. So here's how he responds. Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees. He literally hits the bottom of the boat, right? And here's what he says to Jesus. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, down there in the bottom of the boat, right? Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. That's how Luke 
he writes this down. There's another guy named Matthew, and this is how he writes about the same, same thing. I like how Matthew says it. He says, and Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And for the record, Peter had no idea what he was getting into. He had no idea what he was signing up for. Like, like don't, again, don't spiritualize him. And he was like, yay, yay verily, Lord, I will follow. No, 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 right. I, he had no idea that just a couple of chapters later, he would join an exclusive club uh, that only Jesus was in. And now it's just Jesus and Peter. The club's called Men Who Walk on Water. He didn't see that coming at all. Do you think I'll walk on water? No, it didn't cross his mind. He had no idea that he would be the first human being to utter these words. I think you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He was the first. He had no idea that he would deny Jesus on the night of his crucifixion. That didn't even cross his mind. I, I'm positive of that. But I'm sure he didn't think that six weeks after that, he would stand in the courtroom where Jesus was, was sentenced to go to death, stand up and go, could I have your attention? Preach the very first sermon in the very first church service ever. And the response was 3,000 men and their families said, we're in, let's get baptized today. He, had, he did not see that coming, not, not a clue. So what did he see coming? I don't know. I think it's this. I'll try anything right now. Anybody there? I'll try it. All, all I know is that if I follow this guy, if I become his disciple, his student, his apprentice, that's what follow me implies, all right? M maybe I have a shot. Then maybe this is my one shot at being something different, something better than this. Maybe this is my shot at a better life. So if Jesus showed up in your boat and said, you want a better life, what would you say? Well, here's Peter's response. I, I, I can relate to it. Hey, Jesus, thank you. Go away. I'm a bad person. Right? I mean, I've had this conversation with him. Hey, well, you might want to cut your losses now. Lord, um, I know who I am and I know what I am and you could do much better than me. I mean, really, there are more qualified people to do this than, than me. And so here's what's going to happen. You're going to pick me. I'm going to do well for a while because I do everything well for a while. And then in an unguarded moment, nothing really changed. And then boom, I'm going to make a mess everywhere. Right? And Jesus' response to that and to you is that I know who you are. I, 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 know, I know what you currently are anyway, uh, which is why, um, is this, I, I'm, this is what I'm doing, Peter, and we're not talking to Peter, we're talking to you now, right? I'm inviting you into a training process. Jesus never looks at Peter and goes, I can change your life by Tuesday. No, I'm inviting you into a training process, it's a journey, to become something different and better than you currently are. In other words, Peter, I know everything. You're not gonna blow my mind. It's not like I didn't see that coming and a year from now, I didn't know you were gonna do that. I, I, I know, I, I know that you can become a different kind of person and you can live a different kind of life, but it is gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time, but you can change. I can say this 10 different ways. I, I, I think Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, Peter, and he's, or Jim, or fill in your name there. I see something in you that you don't see, and I know something about you that you don't know yet. I get it. Just follow me. Just follow me. That's all I'm saying, all right? And not only will you become the same kind of person that, that I am, but you'll actually be able to do the same kinds of things that you're gonna see me do over the next three, four years. As a matter of fact, a couple of chapters after, after this, Jesus looks at Peter, this blows my mind, because he's talking to Peter and, and us. He says, anybody that follows me and puts their life in the kingdom will be able to do greater things than what we saw Jesus do. What's that mean? What is he talking about? We're gonna get to it in a few weeks here, all right? There's a little teaser, right? But, but when Jesus says, you're gonna be able to do greater things. I saw Jesus do some amazing things. What does it mean? 
And so, so Peter thinks it over for a millisecond, and here's his better response. He pulled his boat up on shore. He let go of his plans, which really weren't that good. More not catching fish, all right? And, and he followed Jesus. Where? Wherever. I don't know. I'm just with him, right? So follow me. All right. And for the record, right after that, Peter joins uh, rows and circles. He joins a circle of 12 men. All right, now I don't know if you've ever been in a small group before. Peter's was better. <laughs> who's your leader? Oh, Steve, uh, yeah. who's your leader? Creator of the universe, you win. <laughs> you win every time. I mean, this is the best Bible study. So what, what did that verse mean? Well, when I wrote it, you know, I mean, it's like, like can, you, can you explain like, creation to me? Well, the first thing I did, yeah, I mean, he, he's better. If I get to be in a small group, I'm with him, I'm, a, I'm with Jesus, all right? But, but here's the other part. Peter hangs out with him for three years, and there's some good moments, and there's some bad moments and stuff like that. But after being with Jesus for three years, nothing really changed of significance in Peter's life. Nothing really changed. Like, like on the day that Jesus says, okay, you're going to be there for me, buddy, Peter denies him three times, all right? So it's n- nothing really changed until Jesus wasn't just with him and, and teaching him, but Jesus actually moved inside of him, and then he became a different kind of person. What kind of person? C- kind of like Jesus. And here's why I tell you that. This is really, really, really important, all right? Because what we're talking about here is spiritual formation. Spiritually, something on the inside of me needs to be formed into something different, all right? My life needs to change. But please hear this. Spiritual formation and changing any part of your life of importance, it's really slow. We say this all the time. Growth takes time. There is no fast track. There's no microwave version of, of, of being a follower of Jesus. There's not a fast track to having the mind of Christ. I'll, I'll just be really, really blunt. It took us a lot of years to screw up our lives to this level. It's probably going to take a little time to unscrew it. Right? And I clean that up because my mom listens online. That's all I'm saying, all right? It's going to take some time. Let me just throw this in. So give yourself a break. Jesus is so patient. The only person that's putting pressure on you is you and maybe somebody that thinks you ought to move faster, okay? They are not in charge of that. It takes time. So the question I want to leave you with, we're going to get out here a little bit early, um, is this. What's your vision? What, what, what do you mean? What's your vision? What kind of person do you want to be? I never thought about it. Well, today's the day. And what kind of life do you want to live? And again, really noble things are coming up in, 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 your, in your mind right now. My dream for my life or my marriage or my family or my whatever that is, all right? Great. All right? It has to lead to this next thing. So what's your intent? Right? What's your intent? Do you want to become that kind of person? Do you, do you, want, do you want to live that kind of life? And I see a bunch of heads going, mm-hmm, I do, I do. Then why isn't it already? Let's just cut to the chase. Why hasn't anything changed? You have great intentions, and someday we're gonna get to it, all right? But nothing happens unless we get to this, this strategy. Strategy is this. So what is your, or do you have an intentional plan? And it's not an accidental plan. I stumbled onto it. No, no, it's an intentional plan and a strategy to begin the training process. Here's what we're gonna look at next week. You know what it takes to be a follower of Jesus? One step. Right? You don't have to become the Pope or, or, you know, or some famous like, pastor or something like that. You know? It's like, so what makes you a follower? I took a step in his direction. That's all. That's all. And we're all in the same category. For that. But it's a training process. What? To see that vision become a, a, a reality. You got a vision for your life? Great. You're you, you going to draw a line in the sand today? I hope so. Now what are you going to do different? So let me, let me wrap this up. So we've been talking about this uh, on Labor Day. And I don't know what your plans are for Labor Day, but change them. 
be at church or listen online, whatever that is, okay? So I, I'm gonna start uh, what, what I think could be the most important thing I've ever taught. I, I wanna start teaching through what I consider to be the three most important chapters of the Bible. It's called, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And it's so important that if so for some reason you had to get out of town or you're stranded on an island or you had to go to jail or whatever, and they said you can bring three pages, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That was really dark. Uh, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, all right, but... But if you can only hold on to three pages of the Bible, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because everything else that Jesus teaches somehow ties back to that. Okay? So, so we're going to unpack it. I have no how, idea how long it's going to go. It's going to go for several years. So, so here's what we're going to do. So, so, so Jesus has, is out on this side of this hill, and, and it's just ordinary common people. Some of them are, had just met him, all right? Some of them had just five minutes ago, they, they had been, been sick, and then, then Jesus came and, and just changed their life, and they didn't have anything figured out. But he, but he, he teaches them, like, this is, this is the kind of person you can become. People like me, especially like you. And this is the kind of life that's possible, and this is what it looks like. That, this is what the Sermon on, on the Mount is all about, all right? So he teaches these this amazing, it's like, like, I never thought of it that way kind of truth. And then this is how he lands the plane and then wraps it up and then goes on to the next field or whatever it is. So here's what he says, and I'm going to paraphrase this. Matthew chapter 7, you can look this up for yourself later if you want to see if I'm on target here. But so, so he looks out, and he's just blown, blown a lot of people's mind. He goes, he doesn't ask, do you believe me? Because I'm sure they were doing what a lot of you are doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, praise the Lord. Let's sing a song about it, right? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. He didn't ask that. He says this. I just, I just told you some really important stuff. Now, how can I connect the dots? Um, so the, the, the person, the man, the woman, or young or old, who hears these words of mine. You heard me. What I said was right and true, right? Yeah. So you've heard it, okay? Don't stop there. The, the, the person who hears these words of mine about how life actually works and then puts them into practice. You're like, um, you're like a person who's, who's well, well, you're like a wise person who builds your house on a rock. What do you mean? And I'm not really talking about a house, I'm talking about a life, but stay with the metaphor. You're like you're building your house on a rock, because here's what's gonna happen. The rains are gonna come, because they always do, and the streams are gonna rise, and the wind is gonna blow and beat against your life, your house, but it's not gonna fall this time. Why? Because it has its foundation on a rock. It's gonna survive. What do you mean? Because you're putting into practice what I said is right and true. Okay, now, again, half the field or half the room or half the campuses, whatever we're gonna call it right now, they all, they're all like, that's true, that's true. Some, but Jesus is going, some of you, you're gonna pray about it, think about it, mm, I'm gonna ponder that, and someday, I might, I might, I might do that. Let me talk to you. So um, the person who hears these words of mine, and even if you agree with them and, you know, and, and say praise the Lord and all the stuff that religious people do, but you, you, you hear them, but you don't do anything with them. You don't put them into practice. You're like, and I'm gonna use his word here because it's a strong word, you're a fool. You're like a foolish person trying to build their house on the sand, on the beach, beautiful view, beachfront property, right? right? Here's the problem. The rain will come and the tide will come in and the wind will blow and beat against that house and it's gonna fall apart, ready? Again, because its foundation is on sand. So you might wanna build your life on, on, on a rock because this is, this is just true. Nothing changes without a vision for your life. But even with a vision, all right, your life, your life will not change until that vision is intentionally, it's not an accident, you're not gonna stumble on it someday, strategically pursued. 
if, if that's going to become a reality in my life, I have to do something different than what I've been doing in the past. So my question is, what's your plan? To see your, 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 your strategy, to see your vision become a reality in your life. And somebody's going, I don't, I don't really have one. Yes, you do. Your plan is a plan to fail. I don't really have a plan for my marriage. Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. Divorce. Matter of time. I don't really have a plan for, you know, healing stuff up with my kid or my mom or, or my this or my that or whatever. I, have, I don't really have a plan to deal with addiction. I'll get to it someday. No, let me tell you. Your plan is um, more of the same or worse. A plan to, no plan is a plan to fail. So I'm, I'm going to throw this out. I've got three and a half minutes left, all right? Same invitation to Peter. Just come and follow Jesus with us. What, is, what does that mean? Just get to know him. Some of us, bought, we grew up with horrible versions of Jesus. Let him speak for himself. Just come and sit in one of our rows or online or whatever that is and just watch Jesus and listen to Jesus and, and hear from Jesus and watch how he does it and, and, and just learn from Jesus. Jesus actually said this is what eternal life is. It's not what happens after your funeral. Eternal life happens the moment you meet me and you get to know me. This is eternal life, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Jesus said that. So let's start, etern- let's start eternal life today, Right? So, so that's what Peter did. Okay, I'm in. I don't have it figured out. Here we go, all right? What would be the second thing? Get in a circle. Join a group. And again, I'm not a groups guy. All right? I'd, rather, I'd rather do this in front of thousands than sit in my living room and go, here's my heart. Uh, if we're going to hug and sing Kumbaya, I'm out. All right, so uh, I, that's just not me. All right? but, but the group I'm in, it's not that at all. What, what, what happens in a group? It's some people who go, you know, I want to be a different kind. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better woman. I want to figure out what life could look like if I actually changed on the inside. And we don't do well in isolation. And so link arms with some other people who are running after the same thing. How, how would I even do that here? Well, we've already touched on a little bit on campuses. Like, like right now, you can get on flatironchurch.com slash groups, and you can figure out groups right now on your phone, whatever campus you're sitting in. The best thing I can compare this, this site to is realtor.com. We've all been there, right? Because we're looking for a house, something like that. Except we're not looking for four bedrooms and three baths, something like that. Here's how Robin and I would go to this website. Here's what we're shopping for. Um, we're looking for, you know, uh, couples in their 50s that don't have kids and don't have their grandkids because we don't want them in our house. We did our time. Don't bring your kids over, all right? Uh, that's fair. Don't judge me. I, you're the only one who likes your kids. So there, there's, um, and you don't even really like them. That, you're like, school, please send them to school, right? Um, so, and we're looking for, uh, we live in Erie and Tuesdays nights works best for us. And you got to like Chris Stapleton a lot and like bourbon. That's me. All right. Now, uh, now here's the thing is if you don't, if, if you're going to email me going, you shouldn't have said bourbon. I don't want you in my group. <laughs> I get to choose my group. Ta-da. You all think this is water. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. That's all I'm saying. So, all right. So, so I'm, follow Jesus and get in a group. Go, I mean, here, if you're if you're computer challenged like me, go out to one of your lobbies right now, and there's some people out there, you know, and they're 13. Just so you know, and they'll go, "Come here, old person," and uh, <laughs> this is a computer, and right, and so I get I'm me, all right. Uh, so you could do that on all your lobbies today, and then there's an event at every campus, and and again, it's just like. Um, Go there as an individual, as a couple, as a group of friends or whatever that is, and just look around and go, do I feel any connection with anybody? Ask some questions. And if you don't connect, go home. Or form your own group. You'll, 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 you'll be fine. So there's that. I got 48 seconds. Okay, so here's the other thing. Um, a couple weeks ago I said, you know, what if we became known as the church that loves people better than any church? What if we were a church that actually tries to put into practice the things Jesus said were right, right and true? What if that was our reputation and not the normal reputation that so many... 
Christians have, all right? Well, what, what do I need to do? How about this? Put into practice, and this is what we're gonna hit in every group. Put into practice, what am I gonna do with what Jesus said is true to become the kind of person who builds the kind of life that doesn't fall down, ready? Every time a storm hits, I am so tired of that, speaking for myself. So I'm gonna throw it out to you. Like today, we're gonna be doing it over the next couple of weeks, but we learn in rows. Keep on learning. Keep on bringing your friends and sitting in a row. Let Jesus teach them whatever he wants to teach them, all right? But real change, what am I gonna do with that happens best in circles, and it's gonna take some time. So give yourself a break and come join us. Let's follow Jesus together, okay? So let's all stand up together. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing an awesome song, and then, yeah, I can't tell you what I'm gonna do. Uh, um, I'm gonna go home and sit down. Um, God, I think I can speak for a lot of conversations happening in, in every room listening to my voice right now. We are building an argument. We're arguing with you going, this probably works for a lot of people in this room, but I know what kind of person I am and I know what my life actually, what kind of life it is. And a lot of people don't even know. If they knew the kind of person I was and the things that I've done and I'm still doing in my life, they would vote me off the island right away. And so, I, but I agree with them, God. Some of us, all right? I mean, I must be this kind of person. Otherwise, why would that have happened to me? And I, and I must deserve this kind of life. Otherwise, why would she have done that? Or why would he have left me? Or whatever that is. And so this is, this is my life and it's all it's ever gonna be. And I really believe, Jesus, your response to that right now is they don't get to tell you that. I do. I, you are who I say you are because I created you and I see something in you that you don't see and no one else sees, but I see it and I know stuff about you that you don't know yet. But if you'll just come follow me together with God kind of life, um, we will figure things out. That's all you have to do. Take one step in my direction and it'll lead to a second one and a third one. I pray today is that day that we become disciples, followers of Jesus. What's that mean? Just take one step in your direction and see where it goes. Help us to agree with you. We are who you say we are. We are not our past. We are not what's been done to us. And we're not even what we've done to other people. We are who you say we are. It's a great song lyric, but better than that, God, it is your truth. And we're gonna hang on to it. In Jesus' name, amen.